TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 590, and I am Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom, and I chair the Department of Visual and Media Arts at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. All right, Tom, hit us with the news. What do you got? ABC canceled Home Economics after three seasons and the Wonder Years reboot after two uh fox has canceled welcome to flats i never even heard of it and it was on for a couple years too well, i like wonder years though honestly i didn't watch it but i uh, liked it hbo canceled winning time after season what? two in a surprise season finale series finale because they lose um hulu has picked up only murders in the building for season four Hopefully Meryl Streep will be back because she was gold. Uh, Paramount Plus canceled the iCarly reboot after three seasons. Stars yeah, I heard about Blood, that. Stars Bloodbath. They canceled Blind Spotting, Heels, Run the World, and the Venery of Samantha Bird is not moving forward. And that's it. Well, to be fair, Heels was not very good. I watched uh, the first episode or two. It was, it was, eh. Blind Spotting was a bad idea that ended up being better than I thought. What do you mean a bad idea? It was a continuation of the movie without... <laughs> I know, but that was a bad idea because it's like, let's have a spinoff of the movie without any of the guys from the movie. And do, like when I heard the concept... They had Raphael of it, was... Casal from the movie initially. The white okay. dude. I don't remember uh, that. I saw the pilot. I thought the pilot was fantastic. My point is, once I actually watched it, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. So uh, I have nothing but good things to say about it other than I actually didn't keep watching after the pilot. So yeah. that's probably – so it's all my fault. All right, continue. That's it. All right. I mean, do, uh, do we want to mention that the Writers Guild strike is officially over, but the SAG after strike is still ongoing? Well, you've now mentioned it, so I guess so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's start talking about the shows. Speaking of Only Murders, let's talk about the last two episodes of Only Murders in the Building. Um, it was... I, I love the fact that I guessed none of it. We were guessing for weeks who we thought the murderer was, and none of us guessed who ended up being the murderer. And I, I did guess after the first episode that it was more than one person. Because when the mom did the confession and she admitted to poisoning i was like well she obviously did not push him down the elevator shaft so i knew at that point it was going to be two murderers but i guess still none of them i guess i was like i guessed a lot of people and i still did not guess either one of them so i give kudos and hats off to very good writing and it was actually satisfying when they revealed who the murderers were i was like oh i guess that works so uh, Tom, the emphasis ahead. on uh, the emphasis on mothers and sons, I thought worked. Yes, because it was a good parallel storyline, 
Meryl Streep was gold in this show. I mean, she was just so good. And she she made Martin Short even better. And he's always great, but he he got to play. Sometimes, I, I was gonna say sometimes I find him annoying. So he got to, she made she made him seem good. So go ahead. She made she she allowed him to play a different side of Oliver because Oliver's just usually annoying and cranky, but he was poignant and good. And the fact that I believe that relationship. So, um, and I really liked, um, oh, Jesse, dude from um, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, Tobert. 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 Yeah, whatever. Tobert. <laughs> no, Jesse well, I, Williams. I, but before you go on to that, I wanted to just comment that the Martin Short thing, not only did it make him seem like a more serious character that choice that he had to make a couple of episodes ago when he thought she really was the killer and he made the decision to cover for her because he loved her that much i mean it's i get it like that felt more real than anything else he's ever done on this show so continue now with your jesse sorry no, I I like Jesse Williams with uh, Selena Gomez. It, it's interesting that, and I read it a post mortem with one of the showrunners that they've left kind of a a window that that if, if they want to do a couple of episodes set in L.A. they can. But um, yeah, I just I thought it was a good season. I thought it was a good season. Um, I hope they bring Teddy Demas back, or, or the the son, and not the. Uh, Nathan Lane character, but the uh, the son, uh, the, the deaf, deaf one. Son. Yeah, I like him a lot. They did bring him back yeah. this season, but you right, mean but bring I, him back I hope later. they bring him back consistently next year because I just think he adds another dimension to the show. Maybe Agreed. little maybe little love triangle action between him and Tobert and, uh, and Mabel. Well, I mean, he has a crush on her, but I don't think she sees him that way. So probably I don't, not. I, but Tobert, yeah. but Tobert would, but Tobert would call him on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yusin, what would you think? Uh, I loved it. I, I thought uh, I loved this season. Uh, probably my my second favorite season. Uh, you know, ap- after the first season. Um, I I have to disagree a little bit with with Tom though. With Jesse Williams, I thought that he was just underutilized. I didn't really think that they used his character all that well. I I agree with you. I like him with Selena Gomez. Um, and that is why I am saying what I'm saying. I I could have had more of them. I could have used more of him in the story. He wasn't enough of a, he certainly didn't come off as enough of a suspect. So then, and he didn't help all that much in terms of the uh, investigation. So he just sort of was arm candy, which I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Uh, what, what do I need him for then? Um, uh, I don't know. Sorry. That was just, was that me saying that? Um, but no. So I, but otherwise, I mean, you can't even say Meryl Streep was a revelation. She's not, how could she be? But, but kind of, I mean, who would have thought in this, you know, sitcom, you know, small screen, uh, you know, weird musical, uh, you know, who done it, she would shine so brightly. Well, she's Meryl Streep. So I mean <laughs> I will I mean, say that the musical, they did such a good job such that a good by job. the time we got to the end, 
I wanted to see the musical more than I wanted them to solve the case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. And she, she, the song, the songwriting was beautiful. The, the, I loved even, you know, I loved even the costuming. They were all sequined. It was like the police officer's uniform was sequined, and her outfit, like. They just, it was razzle dazzle, you know? So, like, <laughs> they, you know, they committed. I believe they it was rattle. Way. I believe it was rattle dazzle. Yes, yes, that, correct. Yes, I stand corrected. <laughs> um, but yes, so, um, no, it just, it really was great. Uh, I'll go even one step further about saying I literally, it was anticlimactic to find out who killed. Uh, who were the murderers? I didn't care at that point. Like I just really didn't. And and I and I hadn't guessed them. No, for sure. Earlier in the season, but you know, uh, as Tom said, the 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 talk, um, the symbolism and the theme of, of the father, uh, no, yeah, the mother and the mothers son, and yeah. sons and stuff was beautiful. But I kind of almost didn't even care. You know, uh, just I just thought the rest of it was so fun uh, and poignant and so well done. Uh, that uh, it didn't really matter to me who, who you know who, who it was, but let's talk about at the very 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 end what's going on with um, what is it Taz Raz what's the 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 oh yeah the lookalike I have to give them credit for a second I thought they really shot him yes uh, that's what I mean so I that thought because wow, I was like going wait on? we're gonna have murder in the building and one of them is gonna be down no. And then yeah. you realize who it is. And I was like, oh, I, okay, that makes way, way more sense. I knew it was Jane Lynch. I mean, as soon as they showed the shadowy figure, it's like, oh, you know, somebody's shooting for Charles and killed the wrong person. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't get that. And then that. I was I like, who the it. heck wants Charles dead? Like, I have nothing. I yeah. have no idea who would want Charles dead. So the only thing I can think Not of. Not Bacula. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I can think is actually Jane Lynch's character has enemies because we don't really know anything about her. Oh, other I than... think it's somebody was gunning for Charles. Had to I be. Think, I think that we are supposed Darkened to apartment. think that. I know, but I also think we're supposed to think that. Oh, so, so you think it's, I'm you trying, think it's I, I, Yes, I'm trying to be one step ahead because they're <laughs> always so good at this. They're so good at this. So my thing is I cannot even – I'm sure – the first thing they're going to do is try to figure out who Charles's enemies are. And uh, I think it's going to be her enemies because they're not even going to think to look at her enemies. We don't know anything about her other than she's a stand in. So I feel like there's lots of stuff, lots of room there, but we need to move on. But uh, I think overall, I think all of us are saying brilliant. This season was great, amazing. Great season. Really well done. Really well done. Brilliant. So brava, bravo, all of those. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is a new show on NBC called The Irrational, starring Jesse Martin. L. Martin. Jesse Thank L. Martin. You. Formerly of Flash not... and, and, uh, Law and, and Law and Order. Uh, I will give them credit for how charming he is because, I mean, it's a definitely a, a standard procedural. Like, I figured out who the killer was in the first five minutes. Like, it's not one of those shows that that you watch it because there's some brilliant, you know, storytelling as far as a who done it cuz that's not it. It's a definite it feels like it belongs on CBS. Like it's a standard procedural. Ooh. But the thing that signifies is that he's so good 
as the lead that I'm charmed by him and I want to keep watching him. So, and then he has his own little story that's mildly interesting. I'm not sure how invested I am in that, but I just like watching him. And I like the dynamics between him and his ex. Well, she's not, she is, she's definitely his ex. I don't know if the divorce is final. Is a strained wife. Okay, because I wasn't sure if the... I'm not sold on his sister. I kind of find her a little annoying. Oh, a um, little? That's what I said. I'm trying to give her the benefit. And then the DA, I like the added spice of maybe the DA's into him. So all of that stuff, I'm there for. Uh, and so, yeah, so the murder of the week, eh, or whatever they're doing. And I did like the double speak of, of confusing the villains by giving them too many choices. All of that was good. So what'd you guys think? Liked um, it. Didn't love it. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. No, it's just comfort food television. It's, you know, I, I was talking to Libby about this before you, you logged on, you said, it just looked like a Canadian show. And I'm like, is this a Canadian show? I don't recognize it. <laughs> like, this definitely, it just has that feel that it kind of, you know, and the acting was good, but it just the production values look kind of cheap. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have that slickness that you expect. Right. So, and for the plot line, it's we haven't seen we we definitely seen things like it before. The you know the strongest asset, Jesse L. Martin, is so freaking charming. Yeah, that's what I said. His charm is one hundred percent, which is why he's pretty much worked continuously since Ally McBeal, but. This isn't some. This is not appointment television for me. So, I can see yeah. that. Um. Yeah. I think. Um. I. I won't belabor the point. I think Tom pretty much said everything. Uh. I. I don't love procedurals to begin with, and so what was that show that we watched that had um that guy? He, he was. I think he was Latino, Latinx. Oh, and, oh. and he was an orphan. Will he, um. Will Trent. Will Trent, yes. Will Trent. That show was a procedural, and it was different enough to make me care. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the characters were more interesting, the, the the actual procedural, you know, all of that. So it, it had more texture to it. This doesn't. This seems very cookie cutter. Um, so I don't know if on the strength of his, of Jesse's personality and acting alone, uh, will I watch? Uh, you know, I, I will say this. If the fall schedule was busier, yeah. no, I would not be watching it. But, but. Like, they got like three shows on television yeah. right now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to watch The Irrational. Like, yeah. that, that's actually just it. That's probably it. I think I could probably end my review there as well. I will absolutely check out another episode or two. And unless it's an absolute train wreck, I don't see myself... I mean, I see myself watching it because, you know, it's a light watch and it's pleasant enough and he's watchable and, you know, the show. There's nothing else on. (laughs) Yes. All right, let's move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Ahsoka. And uh, I, I will have to say... I was I knew they weren't going to complete the story because I could tell where they were in the story. I was like, we're not going to finish at season one. I just wasn't sure. The question was, how much of a cliffhanger were they going to leave us with? And I have to say, 
it was a little more than I thought because I assumed that by the time we finished, everybody was going to end up back in our galaxy. Like that's that's really what I mean. I didn't know where everybody was going to end up or what you know what the state of affairs was going to be, but I was like I. I would have bet somebody real money that everybody was going to end up back in our galaxy. And I was totally like over half the people ended up getting left in the other galaxy. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. Um, but I did like Ahsoka and Ren's relationship, like how they and Sabine Sabine. I was like, Ren, but her part of Ren, her, Sabine Ren. Thank you. That, that's, that's, her last name. that's her last name. I was like, I'm not crazy. Um, but I like how they have evolved that relationship over the whole season so that it culminates into this moment where she has to choose between going with Ezra, who's been like the pinnacle for her all season, and choosing to stay with, uh, with her masters to keep that master-apprentice relationship going. And I was like, oh my God, she learned something. So... I thought that was really good, and I'm kind of salty that uh, one of Ahsoka's lightsabers got cut in half. I'm not happy about that at all. So uh, she's all about the double wielding, and now she only has one lightsaber. Uh, Tom, you haven't talked about this in a while because you missed the last podcast. So Ahsoka, what are you thinking? Yeah, um, didn't really. I, I thought this was a waste of Rosario Dawson's talents. She's um, supporting character in her own series. I mean, they gotta they've got to do better by us with Star Wars series because this was not tell a whole story. You had eight episodes. Tell a complete story, and the components of a story for Dave Filoni are beginning, middle, and end, not to be continued. And we don't even know what series it's gonna be continued in. Is it gonna be continued That's in true. the movie or a season two or Mandalorian season four? They got to do better by us with Star Wars. I just was disappointed. And I could have done without the zombie stormtroopers. I don't care if they were in two episodes of the Clone Wars. There's way too much. They should not be depending on everybody watching every single episode of every single animated series to understand where we are in this series. So I would I would give this like a C. Oh, I mean, and, I would not give it the I would not and give it Thrawn the was a big old nothing burger. Well, I think that Thrawn didn't get, they didn't get to let him stretch his wings. Like it was, it was very much like his objective was to get out of that galaxy. So now I want to see, you're right. We didn't get to see his full potential because he's still, you know, he is, we saw the remnants and can guess on what he did before. And really his big thing was let's get the heck out of here. Like that's really and then he's like, and if I can screw these guys as I'm leaving, great. But that's not his motive. Like, his thing is he works on a galactic scale. That's how Thrawn shows his brilliance. He's a tactician. But for the people so, who haven't read the books, which are technically not canon, and the people who haven't seen Rebels, which is, the people who are just meeting Thrawn for the first time, they're like, what's the deal with the Smurf guy? <laughs> the Smurf guy. I just, I just thought it was not a, a well-conceived show. And seriously, Rosario Dawson is like a footnote in her own self-time. Call it Rebels 2. Don't call it that's Ahsoka. Where, that, 
That's really what it was, 100%. I agree that it felt more... I feel like Dave Filoni also did lie a little bit because he said, you can watch this without watching Rebels. And I was like, no, you can't. Bolshevik. Yeah, Yeah, I know. It's not. You absolutely cannot watch this show as a standalone series. Not even a little bit. Um, And that's a problem. I'm not disagreeing, but the thing that I feel the most betrayed about is that he lied about it. Like if he had just straight up said, you need to watch rebels before you watch this show and or just say which episodes that. of rebels you need to see, whichever, well, I, like done, done something that was more honest than tell people, Oh, you can watch this cold. I was like, no, you can't. Cause yeah. when I was watching it, I was like, wow. Cause even I thought that there was information you needed. And I was just like, what the heck? But because I do have all that information, I absolutely enjoyed it. So, I just think that it's a bad habit that the Marvel sh- that the Marvel shows slash movies have had for years, and there's more of those than the Star Wars. But the fact that the Star Wars TV shows, I mean, if you look at all the Star Wars TV shows right now, Andor's definitely at the top. Mandalorian season one, and then Mandalorian season two is when it starts to slip in quality. I thought. I'm just... I actually, I, I totally disagree with that assessment, mainly because I didn't like Mandalorian season one as much because they had too many standalones, but that's a whole different other discussion. But let's move on. Unless, uh, uh, Yusin, do you have a comment about Ahsoka? Uh, my comment is I never watched Rebels, so then you can guess what happened to me. Okay, well, let's Lost move on. Lost in Space Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I also do think that if if you just stop watching Ahsoka and then watch Rebels is actually really good. So you should watch Rebels. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk the Loki premiere. And this was just one episode, so we don't have to have multiple. Um, And it literally picks off five seconds after the finale of last season, uh, which I appreciate. Um... I really like the introduction of Ob. I think oh. this character is fantastic. Academy Award winner Ki Hai Kwan. <laughs> he is so good in this yeah, role he is. that I was like, and and then I love the flash where we were flashing between the past and the present, and it was like a continual conversation. Oh, it was like great! It was, it was just one long conversation. That was that was so now, good. and there was that point where like he goes. This and the guy was like, "So wait, is 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 it happening right now in the past? Is that happening? And is that why you're remembering things right now?" And he's like, "Yup, that's exactly why. That is correct." <laughs> I we have it was like it was a total wink to the viewers, like it was a total like timey wimey stuff. We have explained it to you now, and you are accepting all of this. And I was and like, I, 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 it was like, he was like, "Oh, you need this device to do it, but that device doesn't isn't invented, and I don't." one except oh wait i do have one and it's right here (laughs) (laughs) it was so great but the best part was when he explained it to the audience and he was like so we're all gonna say that this is the reason why it works right yep uh uh-huh yep that's why i understand it (laughs) so that was definitely the highlight um i did and, and i have to give them credit for that crazy visual effect when he gets like pulled like a string oh, uh, uh, rubber band. It was yeah, great. I was like, oh my god, that looks they're like, are you sure that's not painful? I was like, dude, that looks horrible. <laughs> like, they did a really good job with that 
Um, and I, I like the moment where he's, you know, at the very beginning where he's talking to people and they don't know him. And then when we realize he's actually jumping, because I thought he was jumping universes. So it's like, no, you're jumping time. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Got it. So all of that was great. All of it was really good. I don't understand the end because apparently it was a post credit. Did you guys watch the post credit? Oh, yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it initially. Somebody online was like, and oh, my God, what does the post credit mean? And I was like, oh, crap. And I had to go back and watch it. And I watched it better by now. (laughs) I do that for movies, not necessarily for every TV show. So I then when I watched it, I was like, I don't, I don't understand what I was supposed to get from that. Though I do think that that moment in the hallway when the phone is ringing and somebody hits him upside the head, I was like, oh, this is definitely a timey wimey. We're a hundred percent gonna see this same thing from another point of view from a different time. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is Tommy Wimey. I, I recognize this. Um, but then her at the McDonald's, what? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what we're supposed to get from that scene. And it was a weird I, McDonald's. It didn't seem like there was something quite right about it. So there was something It was in the wrong. 80s. It was the 80s McDonald's. That was what was not quite right about it. I guess. So I just, anyway. I feel like there'll be more. Was it really a McDonald's? Well, it, That's yeah, what I'm saying. So. Yeah, no, it was supposed to be, I think, yeah. It was supposed to be. I'm pretty sure it was. But anyway, we'll figure it out in the next, maybe the next episode. We don't know. But so far, thumbs up. I'm happy with Loki. I thought it was a great premiere. It was a great premiere. Yeah, I was very happy with that. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk, almost said once more with feeling. (laughs) Our flag means death. And it was the first three episodes, and apparently, over the break, all the writers for that show delved head deep into fan fiction to find out what all the fans were saying about the show, and then that's what they wrote. <laughs> I, yeah. was like, I, I was like, I've read this story before. Like, it was crazy. Like, they gave me the angst that I wanted, thank you very much, and then they gave, well, I'm not going to say it's a happy ending, because we don't know. But um, for those who don't know, our, our favorite Steed and Blackbeard were estranged is not the right word. Betrayed? Betrayed's more the word. Uh, so they are definitely on a on a <laughs> Steed cracked me up. He's like, we're on a we're break. On a I was like, we're on a break. And I was like, what are you, friends? Like, that was hilarious. They were like, did he dump you? No. Did you dump him? No. We're on a break. Well, you and, know, that's a very uh, famous friends line. You know that, right? I know. I, know I said, what are friends, we friends? But... Right. Okay. I know. I just said. What are oh, we oh, oh, got it. Uh, so I did get the reference. Thank you very much. Um, and I just thought there, and I was like, well, technically, Steve dumped Blackbeard, technically speaking. Uh, and so Blackbeard took it as well as you would expect the psychotic pirate to take it, which he then went and murdered a lot of people. Um, including and... his first mate. Well, he tried to murder his first mate. Right. He started cutting off his toes. Oh, my God. Uh, and, and then he shot him. Well, yeah, he shot him only in the leg, and then he was better. Well, without his leg. Uh, but what tripped me out was that character, when he has his emotional breakdown, like, why would you let him treat you that that way? I was like, oh, my God, are we having a different discussion right now? Like, it was, And then he cries. 
And he's like, I don't know why I let him treat me this way. And I was like, oh, my God, we are now in domestic abuse territory. What's going on? Um, but it really put a highlight on their relationship on where where it's, it has been and what was what's acceptable and not acceptable. And and then he even blew his basically blew his leg off. He had to get his leg amputated, but he still couldn't kill Blackbeard. He still like loved him too much for that. I was like, oh my god! Like, there's a lot to unpack in that. Um, so I just and then they the the guys got turned into indentured serv- servants at the at the bar. And she took all their money and took it back. And how, how many husbands does she have? Like 25 or something? 20. 20. Because he yeah, became the 20 something. Oh, okay. But still, that's an excessive number of husbands. Yes. And wait, they left him there. I just He wanted that. to be he, left there. He loved I know. Like I like the Swede. He I know. Swede. No, I thought, um, it was, I thought it was great. Uh, you talk, because I'll just keep talking in good Uh time. You know, I think the show is brilliant in its very Takawatiti kind of, uh, you know, skewed humor. It He does a fantastic job of really playing on the trope of the angry pirates who, you know, are hard drinking and hard sexing and all this other stuff. But really, they're just these old softies with great big hearts <laughs> that are conflicted and honorable and loyal and um you know what i mean like they're in toxic relationships you know I'm not about just, to say, there's a lot of toxicity in all there's a, all you of know those but like instead of you know and so it's just and it plays the humor on that as well as the poignancy so that kind of dichotomy is just so perfectly taka that's his that's his oeuvre you know, that's where he shines best. Um, the juxtaposition of the kind of ridiculousness of it is where we land. And so I love living in that place um, and just watching all the funny happen and all the soft and the sweet and the hard. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of you get whiplash. You go from like, like you said, like amputating legs, you know, uh, with rusty saws and, and then, you know, um, uh, him kissing mermen in the in the dark deep ocean. You know what I mean? Like what? What oh, is going we on? To talk about the Queen of China. We forgot. To yes, talk about the Queen yes. Of China. And there was and and the, the, he introduced what I thought was a great character, which was a which was a compassionate, really honestly, uh, uh, chi- uh, pirate, the Queen of China uh, pirate, who instead of you know having really you know tough kind of uh, rules she's handing out eucalyptus smelling towels, towels. You know, and, you <laughs> and know, everybody has to do tai chi in the morning everyone's doing it. so like again all of it just so absurd uh funny and yet <laughs> somehow a little bit you know grounded in realism i mean if if if, if you can i don't know if, if that's actually if that's true um but uh, yeah, no, it's just a, it's just a jumbled mess of fun. And, uh, it was three episodes of just a hundred percent us holding our breaths, waiting for them to be reunited. And the fact that he reunited them using a trope that is so unbelievably famous in fan fiction, um, a pirate and, um, a merman, um, kind of just made me laugh. And I thought, yeah, it's complete. It's fully, fully, he is a hundred percent. This is fan service. He did, he, he wrote this for us. And it was a lot, a lot of fun to watch. So now, now it, it begins. 
now it begins. <laughs> absolutely the story is this season all right uh next up we're gonna talk lower decks uh and we still have our enemy in lower decks who's going around blowing up ships and this time they had a traitor on board uh who gave them their location and was surprised he got blown up so you don't want to talk about the betazoid episode before uh, well i don't remember which one was the betazoid episode go ahead were the three betazoids come on board windy malik voice oh Rodney. party party, party bus <laughs> The, the Cerritos is a party bus. Right. <laughs> Everybody's drinking wine coolers, walking down the hall, margaritas. Oh my god, that was hilarious. That it was, was really funny. funny. Yeah, that was a fun reveal. That it was actually the Vulcan uh, lieutenant who had. Oh, that she has the beginning of what? What's the disease called? Marfan's, or I don't know the thing that that Sarek had before he right. passed on next generation. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, not no, that I not that she's got the disease, but just the whole episode with the putting <laughs> it up. No, it was great. Oh, and I, they I, were all top secret agents and stuff. They were like, "Our cover's been blown. We need." To they like the rip off their dresses and then pull out their like sticks. <laughs> that was fa- and all I could think about was, man, this would have been hilarious to see live action. Like, just, just it would have been too much. Um, I think that's the brilliance of the show, which is that. Um, as much as I just said that it would be, it would have been really fun to see that live action. I don't think I would have been able to like to abide it. I don't think, I think I just would have been like, this is too much. Um, whereas the show, the brilliance of the show is that it, it allows us to, um, enjoy this kind of, you know, ridiculousness because it's animated. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it kind of serves this really brilliant. Cause I wondered myself, is there like a, is there a place for animated Star Trek? Like, why am I watching yet another Star Trek show and this one's animated and, you know, does it fill a hole? It really does. It's kind of uh, allows it to be super fun and super absurd and you can get away with it, I think, uh, because it's animated versus live action. So uh, that episode Absolutely. is a perfect example. Uh, what was the next one then? It was Ferengi, right? Was that right? Yes. Tom? Yes. The, the next one was the Ferengi with uh, Ram and Lita back. Oh, so. right. That's who that's supposed to be. Ram and Lita. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to know who these guys are, and I couldn't. Because they were animated, my brain didn't. Like, I realized that was supposed to be Ram, but I didn't remember that who. Like, it just, anyway. But yes, I got, got it now. The, they got the original voices back, too. Oh, okay. So I was just kind of like, wait, who are these so. people? And, uh, and then... I love that the captain figured out their game and the mm. diplomat was clueless. The admiral, like, yeah. That was, yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> what was the crew doing? I forget. What were they doing? Oh, um, uh, Tendi and Rutherford are pretending to be married. Oh, oh right. right. And, They're and like Bo- romance Bo- package. Bo- Boimler's addicted to Ferengi TV and right. uh, uh, Richard is getting in fights. <laughs> Oh, and she finally acknowledged her issues, which she has a lot of. And she finally was like, oh, I guess I should do something about all these issues that I have. I kind of want to know the backstory between her and her good friend who is willing to put up with her. Oh, yeah. She was friends with the friend. And and who basically called her out. (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that one was a little deeper than the previous one. Uh, yeah. But it's still good. I mean, yeah, Lower Decks is great. I really am enjoying 
this season. And we know that it can work in live action, but... Because we've yeah. seen it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're saying thumbs up, Lord X. Oh, yeah. uh, next up, we're going to talk One Piece, episode five and six. Did anybody watch it? Yeah. Um, I watch I always do it like right after the podcast. I watch the next two episodes of One Piece and then by the time we do the next podcast, I don't remember what I watched. Um oh, it's the guy with the little tiny knife. It's the tiny knife guy. Or the really big knife, whichever one you want to see. I mean, five was Eat It Baratai, and six was the chef and the chore boy and the chore boy. Right. It's the one where they go to they meet the chef. And they meet the bl- the new blonde kid, whatever his name is. And we- oh, and then we find that story out about him as a kid being stuck on that island mm-hmm. with the other chef, like getting oh, that whole backstory. Right. That was really disturbing and good at the same time. Because imagine that this dude was trying to protect this kid and eats his own leg so that the kid would have food. Uh, it was very dis- that was I was like that, that was, was very disturbing. Thank you very much for giving me nightmares. <laughs> um, but it did establish why their relationship is the way it is. Like I get that. Like they did that did a really good job of making you understand why he's so loyal to to the chef and lets the chef talk to him that way and stuff. And seeing where that that whole story felt really full. Like I got that. And then there was the mercenary guy. With the huge sword and then the mm-hmm. little tiny sword. And the fact that he fought our, our swordsman with the little tiny sword. Yeah, Zoro with the little tiny sword was insulting and hilarious at the same time. Like, I felt so bad for him. Like, he couldn't beat him. He had a tiny, tiny sword. He couldn't beat the guy. And, uh, yeah. But then he's like, come back. He's like, you have potential. If you don't die, come back and face me later. Like, that felt like... I felt like that's from another movie, and I can't think of what that is. It was very Princess Bridey to me. Uh, that's probably what it is. But um, but that was a really good moment, too. And then we also got to see what happens when Luffy falls in saltwater. Like, they kept saying, you know, without you know saltwater, he loses his power. And they literally dropped him in the ocean, and he, was, he couldn't even swim. Nothing. So having his team, you know, come and save him and all of that. Those are some good episodes. I liked both of them. I say. Yeah. Uh, next, what you guys say? Thanks. I love the show. So. You got um, nothing else to add? <laughs> okay, Yusin, go ahead. Uh yeah, no, I don't have that much to add. Uh, I like the show. I definitely, you know, I was last on board, uh, the pirate ship, if you will. Um, <laughs> you know the the. Uh, I still, I still don't think I like it as much as as you guys do, but it's eminently watchable. Uh, it's fun. Uh, characters are likable. Um, uh, it's wacky. Um, I think at some point the clown came back, right? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, just his head, actually. Just his head, you know. Um, so yeah, the and I, I liked the darkness. I thought it it brought a kind of a realism and a a a weight to the show that uh, I liked. It made me, um, you know, think, okay, this is more than a cartoon. You know, I, I want it, I want the stakes to be higher. Um, And so I thought the depth of the relationship between the chef and his sous chef, if you will, 
um, uh, I, I liked the backstory there, you know, um, uh, and it made me care about their relationship and the sous chef more. So I thought those were good episodes. It's just, it's fun. It's, uh, it is exactly what I had said I wanted, meaning like, let's get on the seas, let's get on the shore. And, uh, I mean, let's get in the boats and let's be piratey and let's have sword fights and this and that and whatever. And so it gave me what I wanted. So I'm enjoying oh, I forgot it. To, I forgot to talk about, Tom, you can talk about this. What about the big betrayal or betrayal S? Of the of the woman, the navigator, that we never trusted to begin with. <laughs> well, yes, because they told us the audience. They told us the audience, but the else. others didn't. Yes, know. yeah, I, we knew that there was something going on, but I felt so bad for Luffy, though. I think it's interesting that that Luffy is still convinced that she's part of the team. And well, I think be- he's he's in denial. I think he he wants to believe. He always wants to believe the best of everybody. And I do think That's that Sanjay, the blonde dude, the blonde sous chef dude, I think he's a good addition to the crew. It'll be interesting Absolutely. when we get everybody from the poster in place. Uh. <laughs> we've been we've been picking up different. I mean, we started with the three, and then we added the four and the. Five. I guess it's just going to be the five core people, right? Inclu- I have no idea. I guess including, I don't. I don't know the story, so I'm just going along. I don't need it. And I've heard that there are. I mean. Between, there's tons of source material. I mean, like tons. Right. But no, I I, I really enjoy it. Uh, did you talk about the fact that uh, that Luffy is the uh, grandson of the oh Vice the Admiral? Admiral. Oh yeah, right, that's an awkward conversation. That was. <laughs> I love that everybody is like that. He doesn't want to talk about it. Everybody else does. <laughs> well, of course, that's a big deal. It's a very big deal because. They were running from this admiral, wondering like, why the heck is he chasing us? And and now they have the answer. And he's like, well, I didn't think it was important. I was like, dude, totally important. <laughs> that means that the vice admiral's never going to stop. Oh, of course. So that's a problem. Uh, but yeah, I'd say thumbs up. I am thoroughly enjoying the show, and uh, I am using a lot of. Uh, self-control to only watch two episodes at a time. Well, there's oh, only wow. two more left, so... <laughs> I know. There's only two more left. Alright, uh, next we're going to talk about Gen V. We're going to talk about the first two episodes, even though they dropped three the first week, and they dropped one this week, so four are out. But we're only going to talk about the first two. So I... Amazon screws me with how we, how we discuss and how they're dropping episodes. It's very, very disturbing. They're messing up my account. But, um... I will say the first 10 minutes of the pilot blew me in a way, in a way that's not necessarily, it's good, but it was more shocking. It was 100% shock value, um, and my mouth was hanging open, and I said, I guess I'm watching the rest of this episode, because holy crap. Um, it also says, uh, parents, have conversation with your children. Oh, seriously. Uh, be- before... Puberty. They get to the moment, yeah, puberty, puberty, that pre-puberty conversation is very important. And I also feel like if she hadn't been so shocked and ashamed of what was going on, it would have been a discussion versus a bloodbath, you know? Um, but wow, that was a lot of blood, man. That was a lot of blood. And just, wow. Uh, 
Tom, I'm going to let somebody else take over because I, I still I, now have that image in my I, head. I watched, I watched the first episode, uh, like the day after it dropped, and then I watched episode two today. Um, my big beef, I don't think these producers have been on a college campus recently because these actors are way too old, way <laughs> too old to play college students. And for me, I mean, that is basically television. They did this I all know, that. At least, still, at least they're not playing high school students. This yeah, is true. You know. This is true. But that, that just <laughs> really. So I don't know. I, you know, it's very well produced. It's, you know, the writing is good. The, the cast is good. I was surprised that they blew up uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver's son at the end of episode one. <laughs> Because he was the most famous person of all the young actors in the cast. And he's, you know, except for flashbacks and videotape segments, you know, he's done for. I just don't, for me, it's just like, did we really need, I mean, who wanted the spinoff besides Amazon and the uh-huh. creator of the boys? Because it's just more of the same. It's just like, we know there's going to be a dark secret under the underbelly. We've got tangential characters from the mothership appearing on the show. And I just like, you know, Anything it's not related. As, it's not as just, yeah. It's not as icky as the as as the boys. It's it's not. I don't know. As, it's pretty icky. Well, as, aside pretty. from that opening sequence, but it's still, you know, you've got the. It's basically just doubling down on everything about the boy. I just don't think it's. Why do I need this in my life? I'm not going to disagree. Uh, in that. I didn't ask for this, and then, and I was very skeptical. Like I literally, I was on the the picket line, and the writers for the show were there, and I was talking to him about it, and he, and I was like, I don't know, why would I watch Gen V? And he was like, Oh, it's got blood, guts, blah 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 blah. And he's talking about that, and I was like, That's not why I watch The Boys. I was like, That's not why I watch it at all. And I said, I watch The Boys because I like the stories and the characters. And then he's like, Oh. And he's like, oh, well, this has that, too. <laughs> well, plus the boys, you actually have a quote-unquote center of good in Billy Butcher and the gang trying to take down the corrupt. Oh, Billy Butcher's not good. Well, not I even said, by any that's why I said quote-end quote. You have, <laughs> okay. You, ha- you have this modicum of a center of good trying to take down these Well, I think the heroes. kids are good. I think the kids are good because – well, but a lot of them are you, awful. They're so self-centered. Well, you you're not further. Uh, it, they, once they find out, there's a big. Once they find out what the secret is, the woods. They are, yes. Once they find out about that, then they start moving towards. Okay, what can we do? How do we get this kid out? Like they they start moving towards that. How so many episodes has, did you see? I've seen four. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm a little further along. But Yusin, you haven't talked about the pilot. What did you think? Uh, I liked it. You know, um, I uh, am not up to speed with the the, the boys. I'm a little bit behind. Uh, and for no reason other than, you know, no reason. I love the boys uh, and, and have no complaints about the show. I think the show is brilliant and, uh, and it was innovative and new and all of that stuff. So uh, I have to agree that this is not innovative and new and, you know, uh, anything that we haven't seen before, but I like it. Um, the first 10 minutes are unbelievably shocking and, 
uh, gripping, uh, you know, in in the in a, in a way that only the boys can be. Um, right. So so having seen the boys do that already with their premiere, it was a little bit less shocking, but not much. It's it, it's kind of funny because you know you could be like. Well, you know, this is what the boys do to their audience. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, even if you, you know, even if you watch the boys and you know that this is sort of the shtick, this is what they do. Um, it's still pretty shocking, and it's still, you know, the the value of watching it is is its its own independent thing. So, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought the story is compelling. I like the lead. Uh, I don't know if she is the only lead. Are we considering? Uh, her and her friendship with the the little the little girl are they co leads? I don't know. I mean, I think it becomes an ensemble. By the time you get to episode four, it becomes a little more of an ensemble. Okay, the other so, characters get more developed. So there's a Scooby Gang going on. Um, yeah, that's fine. Then uh, you know, I don't know. Do we need the show? No. But if maybe you want to watch the boys, you know, the the, the same energy, the same you know, type of stuff, but you want to have it centered around a group of younger people, then sure. Then there's a place for this show. Um, I'm interested in watching more for sure. I only watched the first episode and didn't have any issues with it. I thought it was compelling and a fun, interesting watch in in the same way the boys is. Okay. So let's wrap that one up. We're saying at least some of us are saying thumbs up, Tom. I feel like yours is a little sideways. Yeah. It's like a bloody severed thumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk Wheel of Time. And I know the, it finaled out for everybody, but I realize we are not caught up on the podcast on them. So we're going to talk about episodes five and six. And Tom's going to help us because it's been so long since I watched those two episodes. Uh, but Tom, you just watched those, so you I lead the discussion on this. Episodes five and six, Domain and Eyes Without Pity. Um, the first episode is the one where basically we find out that what's her face, the 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 blonde Kel- evil Kelly Ripper looking chick. <laughs> Who is that? Oh, the Red Aja. Oh, like, the what Red are you Aja. Talking about. Okay, the Red Aja. We, we yes. found out that she's totally in league with the Dark One or whatever. And right. so... She is technically a Black Aja, which was supposed to not exist. That was not supposed... But now that we see her, we realize Black Aja do exist. That means so, they're in a league with the Dark One. But go ahead. So three of our... Um, is it Egraine and then the little... The, the Queen to be... It's, it's, it's Elaine... Egwene and uh, Nynaeve. Nynaeve and the princess. Yeah, whatever. They That's get, Elaine. They they get attacked and uh, two of the three get away, but Egwene, I guess, gets Egwene. Egwene. She gets so she gets uh, imprisoned and they they put the the creepy magical collar on her and the woman is like torturing her, which leads straight into. One of the things about this show, I don't like the way they intercut between the plot lines. It, it feels like they does, it doesn't have a lot of logic to it. It's just like, I wish they had like a pattern because there's so many, what, there's like four main plot lines. And so that's one thing going on. And then uh, Rand the Bland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, to no one's surprise except his own, the chick he's been boinking is totally evil. And so Morgane, <laughs> Morgane slits her throat and he's all upset. And it's like, girl, he, she's, she's like, boy, trust me, she's up to no good. So they what's flee. Great? No, but what's great about that scene is she comes up behind, stabs her in the back, slits her throat, and goes, run for your life. I don't know how long that's going to keep her down, which is terrifying. I was like, but you just slit her throat. And he's, she's like, no, no, no. That's only going to slow down and, five minutes. We got to go. And it really was like five minutes. And of <laughs> course, she, it was great. she left a trail of blood. <laughs> um, we meet uh, Moraine's sister yeah, Moraine's, and nephew, yeah. and there's right. no love lost between them. Um, well, I mean, she I hasn't really, seen them. She hasn't seen them in like forty years. Yeah, Quite but she well, th- well, the the kid the the kid was a ch- uh, the nephew was a child, and the sister has an attitude. <laughs> but <laughs> we find out more about Mor- Moraine. I mean, in you know, in in the in episode five, they're they're playing it being nice with each other, and Rand's with them too, and they're like, "What's up with him?" And they're like, "I uh, is he your warder?" It's like, no. And he gets very offended <laughs> by that. And then episode six, they, that relationship turns sour and the sister tries to evict her. And she's like, I'm the older sister. This is my house. You live here at my pleasure. It's like, oh. <laughs> uh, what's interesting is we're on her, we're supposed to be on her side, but she's really not a good person. She's like awful. Oh, Moraine? Dirty. Yeah. No, she is. You, well, you'll see. I mean, keep keep she's, watching. She's she's good as in she's fighting against evil, but her yeah. interpersonal skills suck as yes. in they're non-existent, yes. and she just pisses off family, friends, alienates people. But but, but but my point is she hasn't since she left for the white. To, actually, they have a flashback in the next episode to explain part of her behavior. But she left home when she was like basically twenty. She left home to go join the white tower. And they make you choose part of that whole test ritual that you have. The ritual is you have to choose the uh, the tower over your family. That was and what so, Na- was it the arches test no. that Nynaeve went through? Yeah, the arches that? test. Right. That's that's part of that is you have to pick being an Aja or being a uh, being part of the tower over your family. So she literally hasn't visited her family in forever. And she broke contact with them because the tower demands 100% loyalty. You're not allowed to be – you can't have children. You have to break contact with your family. And so her sister – and also the part is that's her little sister. So she has – Oh, I know. Age. I know. She has And so that makes the whole thing awkward. Like you, how do you interact with them? So you kind of have to see part of it from Moraine's point of view as well. So, like, I get what you're saying. On the surface, it seems like she's just being mean, but there's a lot of pieces going she's on. She's very pragmatic at the expense of her interpersonal relationships. But she's yeah. also supposed to not have inner relationships with her family. She's not – I'm, she I'm talking about with her warder with uh, – Oh, um, yes. Hot yes, Asian that's dude. That's true. I can't remember. Hot Asian dude. His name is Lan. Lan, Yes, okay. Hot Asian dude. I like that. I like that nickname. That works. <laughs> so and just yeah the bad guys are really bad and they're awful and evil and demonic and yeah uh yusuf what did you think 
Um, I I'm trying to remember the episodes. Um, I think. Well, I mean, that, well, he's just told you the plot of what's well, going right. on. No, I, I, we can I, only I, talk well, about five and six. Right. No, I I was I'm thinking uh, of focusing more on the Soldane uh, and the Demone. I think they're called. Right. Um. Right. I thought the that whole sequence, what's going on in Falm, is yeah, yeah it, it, it's great. It's, you know, as good as any stuff we got on Game of Thrones when people were going on and on about that kind of stuff. The tension, the the vitriol, the, you know, the the mind games, the emotional kind of, you know, whatever. All of that, yeah. I think, um, really works. Um, I've right. never really loved Egwene as either the actress or the character, and I think she really shines. I think she's doing great. Um, yeah. I, I think it's really believable, uh, and I'm really rooting for her, and um you know she's it's hard and i have to give them credit because they've done such a good job with the tension it's actually really hard to watch yeah like it makes me it makes me uncomfortable it makes me absolutely uncomfortable yeah it's like game of thrones level uncomfortable you know what i mean yeah there's like stuff i remember watching game of thrones thinking i can't watch this why am i watching this you know what i mean and so (laughs) so uh so i feel like the quality is there you know uh uh, and it's compelling stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I've really enjoyed the show this season. It's my favorite show of the year, I believe. It'll, it'll probably make my top, it'll probably, it'll probably be, it'll probably top my list. Um, it may not be the best show, but it is the most entertaining of the best shows that I've, that, that I'm, I've been watching. So, um, it's got a little bit of everything for me, including the action and the great acting, uh and so uh yeah no i i've been really really enjoying it i think that's solid all right uh tom any other thoughts before so matt they switched the actor for matt between seasons one and two right oh yeah blah and isn't he kind of a betrayer of sorts well right now in season one what it was was he had that knife that made that was speaking in his head and making him crazy and he betrayed them he betrayed them in season one because of the knife and then they got the knife away from him and he reset himself to basically what he was like before but the thing is what he was like before is he was part of the gang but he was that guy who had like an abusive family at home and so he He's, he's always looking issues. out for himself. He's got issues, and he's generally more looking out for himself than anybody else. He's always looking for that scam. He's always trying to do a thing. But he does love his friends. But he's also afraid that being around them, will he will hurt them, or he's a bad influence on them. So there's that scene that happens a couple episodes ago when he got out of his jail cell, and he found... Uh, Egwene and he saw her crying and instead of going to her and comforting her because they're friends he is afraid that being around her will make it worse and so he leaves her and so that's his self his his drama or baggage that he's got that he's afraid that he will bring the group down especially because with the when he had the knife um, he did almost hurt them so he's really afraid of that the dream walking scenes i think are really well realized because you pretty much know once it starts that they're not 
physically there that they're in the realm of dreams. In the dream, you you talking about with Lanfear? How Lanfear can screw with people with dreams? He's like the uh, the Dark One's deputy. No, Ish Ishmael is Ishmael is you're talking about Ishmael. I'm talking about Lanfear. Lanfear is the woman. She's the ran right, right, right. Girl, ex girlfriend, girl, current girlfriend. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's Lanfear. She's hot leg. Yeah, so she can control dreams. Like, that's her superpower. And that's why Moraine was like, we can't go to sleep. If we go to sleep, she'll find us. But um, but Ishmael also seems to be able to do that, right? He can do it a little, but not like her. Like, that's her. She's like master class at it, and he's he dabbles. But yes, he can, he can get in your dreams a little, but he can't control them like she can. For me... As someone who hasn't read the books, it feels like this is a much better adaptation than uh, than uh, Rings of Power, just in terms of what's going I'd on. I'd say this season, they're doing it correctly. First season felt a little... Wonky. Just... Yeah, it was that's a good word. Well, they were, first season was they were a bit playing that wonky. weird guessing game. Who's the Who's the Dark One reincarnated? I, it's like, oh, it's the boy love guy, right? <laughs> right, and the thing is, in the books, they tell you in the first chapter. Yeah. So I didn't think that that worked well trying to string yeah, that along, especially yeah, since did, we figured it, it out. Yeah, it was it was dumb. So this season, they definitely like. I felt like by the end of first season, they kind of had their feet. Like, they kind of knew where they were going in, like, the last couple episodes. I was like, oh, this is the show. This season, right off the bat, it's been good. And I'd say the only character that's a little lacking is Matt's character. But, wait for it, he shows out in the finale. So I, I actually was like, oh, how, cool. How far into the books does this season take us? Pretty much to the end of the second book. But they're mixing in stuff from other books. Like they've introduced characters sooner than they should have shown up. Gotcha. So the, the character, wait, who's with the wolf boy Perrin? Who's with him right now? Uh, the, and where you are, the older black dude who's kind of mentoring him. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Where, yeah, that's there, but there, the next person that he's with, that character is literally not supposed to show up for like one or two more books. And, they're supposed to be with Nynaeve and Egwene. And so they, they're like mix matching stuff. Um, and Landfear's not supposed to show up yet either. Uh, so they're, they're doing a, they're playing a little fast and loose with some of this stuff. Which but, is what they should. Right. But it, because they, they had the people who are reading the books, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. The only thing that I call foul on is Men's character. Men is the woman that's with Matt right now, and she's the one that could have premonitions. Yes. You know, she can see the future. They've completely destroyed her character. She's not supposed to be like that at all. And I liked Men's character in the books, and they've made her betraying Matt and working for the Dark One. She's not supposed to be a dark friend. She's 100% a good guy. And so it's weird. I don't know what they're trying to do with men's character by making her a bad guy. Uh, so that's a little confusing. But for the most part, all the changes and maneuvers that they've made, I'd say I like it. I think it's they're good choices. It's not like there's there's a shortage of bad guys on this show. No, 
And so I don't understand why men, they've made men a dark friend. That doesn't even make any sense. But I do want to see more of the Black Aja. Because the Black Aja, other than the Red Aja woman that we saw, there's supposed to be this whole secret cult of Black Aja that are working for the Dark One. And they're all supposed to meet together in secret and be plotting and whatnot. Uh, and we have not seen, we've only seen one. So we haven't seen more than that. So I'm hoping that they um, make that a bigger thing, you know? Because that means that basically, even in the tower, you can't trust the sister next to you because nope. you don't know if she's working for the dark one or not. So I think that makes that interesting. Do you think um, Evil Kelly Ripper's cover is going to be blown soon? I have foreknowledge that I cannot reveal to you. Oh. <laughs> already, yes we've, to already me. Seen, we've already <laughs> seen the rest of the season, so, you know, can't say. So, uh, But anyway, I'd say thumbs up so far for and we got to make sure we don't forget to to do the finale next next week or next time we do the podcast in yeah, a fortnight so, so the week yeah there we go fortnight because it's fantastic it ends really well i was very happy yeah i they might do watch great job. episode one 207 after we finish all go. right so let's wrap this up i'd say we're saying thumbs up to wheel of time uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can leave them at TVCampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You listen to us on Sci-Fi Radio, uh, Six Degrees of Geeks, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.